0: This week, Luke and I talk about the different characters, different people you should surround yourself to be a successful salesperson, people who are going to look after your development and speak for you when you're not in the room. We then talk about what happens when the week hasn't gone so well, how do you reset and go back on track, and then we discuss about maybe making Luke take a personality test. Let's go. Oh, it's so good, so good. Gets me every time. Well, welcome to the Unnamed Sales Podcast, or USP. And our USP is not to sell you anything. We're just two friends, two mates at different stages of our sales careers, having a chat and seeing what we're seeing week to week. So I'm Fix McCabe. I'm in revenue enablement, that's sales enablement in every other organization,
1: and I'm Luke, and I'm SDR, and I keep saying SDR in training. Been SDR a couple of years. Um, hopefully, moving to the next stage in the next twelve months or so. So, it's pretty much where I'm at.
0: Brilliant. So, Luke, what's going on this week? What's happening? What's happening? Well, it's been a
1: a bit of a fun one, but a lot of a lot of kind of transitioning. Um oh, yeah. Yeah. They did quite a bit of homework or like reflection on where I want to be or where where I am. <laughs> like which is very deep for uh the start of a podcast but more just like what am i actually doing day in day out so um yeah uh like for, i think before i like let you know where i am at like wh- what's your opinion on uh that maybe reflecting on where you are peace like what do you how do you reflect on where you are
0: uh, it's a daily struggle isn't it
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's the psychology of it uh so uh, I've like reached out to a couple of my managers and work and my AE. and just for like a bit of context, Paddy has been my AE since I started um, with this company. Uh, He does a lot of coaching, a lot of heavy lifting and making me a better Mm STR. He's very heavily invested in my career as well as me putting meetings into him. So just whenever I speak about him, we do two, possibly three one-on-ones a week where we're going over things. Um, Yeah, we, uh, We'd be like, just think about the whole, the side of the job outside of the call. Um, like what what way am I preparing beforehand? Um, the evening before, what how am I making sure that I am very clear in how and what I'm doing? Um, so like, that's something I didn't realize I was struggling with until it was highlighted to me. Um, and I don't know if, like I'll let you know obviously what me and Patty went over, but if an SDR came to you tomorrow and was maybe explaining exactly how I've explained it a little bit like hey there's a lot of fog here I'm struggling a little bit with the actual planning and preparation before I'm going through a day's work I'm not having a huge amount of clarity and sometimes there is that dip of I'm in a bad place right now and I don't know where my next call is going to come from like what where would you advise them to go
0: Almost like that drug dealer. I don't know, or, or drug user. I don't know where my next hit's gonna come from. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, look, it's like you said, it's it's the daily struggle, isn't it? It's like, well, what am I doing, and and where do I want to go with this sales career, especially when you're when you're straight in, right? SDR, you, you know a bit. You're learning every day, and um, you hear of you know the guys doing million dollar deals, and you're like, well, oh, jeez, I'd love to be doing that um some some people will say I'd love to do that and, and they start setting their goal for that i think my, before talking about anything else i'd say to you you know what is that goal you've been reflecting this week where where do you want to see where do you want to see yourself in 12 months say
1: so i've actually Funnily enough, I've asked a few people um, that work in different departments of the company I because there's an option to be a new logo AE, um, an option to be an install based AE, there's options for um, customer success. Like There's loads of different areas you can actually go to after being an SDR and regularly staff members are plucked from the SDR team to go into different regions. But I think my mind is pretty clear at the moment on like new logo AE. that's where i want to be um and r- realistically by this time next year i want to be in a r- in the place where i'm interviewing for that position i'm not Brilliant. thinking i'm going to jump any hurdles ahead of anyone else it's more i want to be interviewing at least um so yeah that's what that's what i'm aiming for
0: yeah i mean look sales is competitive so like we're, we're all jumping hurdles we're all in our own lane you know what I mean? I always say like everyone's running their own race, but at the end of the day, we are competing. We're competing for a few promotion slots. So I mean, it's good that you've you've got that clarity over where you want to be because now you can start working on it. And it sounds like you and your AE Paddy, you're starting and you're doing a lot. By the sounds of it, three hours or so a week uh, of dedicated time talking about your development. I mean, having that support structure alone is phenomenal, especially for someone who's in the role that you are aiming for, right? Because he's going to be able to give you and tell you kind of tips of the trade and the tricks of the trade and give you those skills and kind of tell you what you should be thinking about as you develop. Um, And he'll, he'll probably be drip feeding you that I'd imagine. So he's not saying you need to do everything on this list. He's going to be telling you, you know, right now you're doing this really well, but you probably need to look at this. I don't know what you tell me, how, how do those sessions go?
1: So yeah pretty similar to what you said um we came into a a breakout room, stuck up a whiteboard, and written, just got little tips on what was a good what was needed for a good quality demo or a good quality meeting, which would be different for whatever company you're in they'll have different criteria um and then understanding where I was at or how well I was doing in different areas of hit them boxes. Um, like was I actually getting the information he needed before he sat the meeting, but also not just focusing on getting him the information for the meeting. But eventually, if I want to become an AE, I'm going to have to build on these skills in the demo. Like these are skills that I'm still going to need in a year to eighteen months time if I'm sitting demos myself. So if I get them really like perf- not perfected, but as close as I possibly can, and keep working and nurturing on them skills of different types of questioning on probing in different ways on asking instead of questioning, asking instead of talking, sorry, questioning in the right way. And if you're making a statement, make sure it's adding value. It's not just a throwaway statement. Um, that helped me hugely of detaching from the demo and attaching to my actual career and where I want to be and attaching, detaching from the outcome of booking a demo as soon as I get on the phone and allowing that to be a result of a good call, like, that is massive and in the last two weeks that has changed in my mindset which I didn't realize I was so focused on booking the demo but listening back to some calls I was um, so yeah if that if you were to maybe push on from this point of me and maybe this is internal stuff where Patty has me focused on internally their structure of a call mm. like if you were to hear what I've said now and like I, you've not attached to my company in any way like what would you advise me to Start driving towards in like a biased career perspective. You want me to become an AE regardless of the company, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, look, first of all, I'd say, look, what you're saying there is kind of like what we were talking about last week on the first episode, where we kind of said, you know, as the SDR, your 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 job is to kind of book that meeting and not be worrying too much past it, even though now you're you're getting to that frame of mind where you've set your objective for the call, like we said. And you're coming away with the with the demo, and you're probably taking some of that pressure off yourself because you're thinking of the broader picture, that longer-term game of saying, well, look, the demo is not a sale. The demo is the first step towards moving that sales process on uh, and the buying journey for the customer, right? Even more importantly. Um, but yeah, to your to your point, I guess from an unbiased view I wouldn't say I'm unbiased uh, you know we're mates, so you know I'm heavily <sighs> invested in it <laughs> but um but yeah I think look, what you've got in Paddy there you've got a coach you've got someone who can really impart proper skills and really on the job learning for you and that's great and he's like part of this kind of panel when I say panel what I'm talking about is In development, we tend to have a couple of people who kind of buzz around us like like a couple of flies, right? And they come and go depending on our smell, right? Or depending on what we're trying to learn. Um, And they're kind of, you know, you've got your manager, right? Everyone's got a manager. They're concerned with your performance. You know, they're going to be driving you to achieve the targets and the objectives and any kind of KPIs you have. Um, But they're also there to, to kind of help promote you a bit. You've got... Patty there, your AE, he's coaching you. He sees he wants to help develop you. You're probably part of a project of him developing himself as well. Uh, and he's giving you that skill-based learning. Then you've got, or you should try to find uh, someone who acts as more of a, a mentor. Um, and a mentor role is kind of not someone to tell you what to do, because your manager and your coach can tell you, you know, this is what you should be doing. The mentor's role is more to be a sounding board, to offer guidance, you know, that kind of almost a sales Sherpa for you and your role, you know, kind of offering guidance or learning or experience without telling you what to do, helping you figure it out. Your mentor can be very good at doing something like that. I mean, look, maybe I fall into that role for you a little bit and just the conversations and the, the few pints we've had over the years.
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah, uh, interesting.
0: Yeah, there's one other role though. I'd say as well. It's the hardest to not the hardest to get or the hardest to find, but it's it, it's what's called the sponsor, really. And the sponsor is a there's see the way I like to think of these four roles as they're kind of hats people wear. So your coach could be your sponsor as well, or your manager could be your sponsor as well, uh, and it just depends on the situation. So your sponsor is kind of There's going to be times, there's going to be places like in a performance review or calibration where you're not in the room Um, and therefore you're depending on someone to speak on your behalf. That's what your sponsor's job is there. There is somebody who talks you up or fights your battle if they're comparing you versus another colleague for that promotion or for that salary increase. Uh, And developing sponsor can be quite hard because it's relationship building, it's, you know, having some standing behind you based on your results and your performance. You know, so it's a it's a bit more complex that one.
1: Yeah. And that's um simple similar to maybe a champion in uh in when you're trying to sell to somebody, isn't it? You're like yeah. trying to enable a champion to be on your side when it comes to promotions or when it comes to just even conversations. I, I get it. I get it. And I would say I have um, have them people but i'd never labeled them in that sense so that's again maybe the uh the structure side or the actual clarity of hey you have been mentoring me for a number of years you're the reason i'm working in business to business sales but i've never like in my mind gone oh felix i'm a mentor felix just felix you know what mm-hmm. i mean i know end. that i've Managers that are like invested in me to perform and work, but also very invested in where I'm going next to my career. They're like huge, so like they're coaches, but they're also managers. And I get the double headed thing. That's very interesting. It's maybe something to to acknowledge and to if you I never had this in my last company. I might have had a manager, but I didn't have I had you like talking to you every now and again, but I didn't have as much of a team around me, which I'm obviously a team guy, so it's yeah, it's um it's good. And uh honor of balance, I, I do feel like sometimes I just talk about what, <laughs> what went well or what has been positive. Um, I want to talk about something that really, like I reflected on a huge amount over the last um, couple of weeks. Mm. And that's highlighting and identifying the times when, when things aren't going well, what actually happens. Mm. Not what didn't go well specifically, because what didn't go well was maybe I was trying to change a few too many things in one go, or maybe it's too many distractions in work, outside of work, like just random stuff, right? Not not, not hugely important. It's the result of that, the distraction that I'm trying to make calls and maybe something's happened the morning of, the IT system's not working. Maybe I've like been busy the evening before and I haven't gotten up and started my day at 7 a.m. I'm starting at 8.30. And that has like thrown me into disarray so many times over the last few weeks when i'm trying to change loads of stuff and then one small thing throws me off um so I'm curious to hear i've been trying to work on this but i'm curious to hear your opinion on how do you limit or how would you advise somebody to limit them moments of distraction to stay lo- laser focused and to continue on the course
0: it's like consistency is a big thing in that uh, things happen you can't control if the computer doesn't switch on in the morning, and you can't control. I look not that you can't control, but there's, there's times when you're gonna you're gonna have the late night. You're gonna stay up and watch that movie. You're gonna go have that beer. You know, what I mean, you can't you can't not live your life either. Um, but I think if you if you've got a clear kind of ambition for the week, you know, out of this week, I'd like to get X, Y, and Z done, and kind of you know, we tend to do a lot of these these activities and these kind of late night stuff kind of back end of the week so if we can front load some of that stuff and start off strong you know I mean it's like it's like before you get to ski down the slope right you gotta go up on the ski lift and you gotta you know climb the mountain a bit you know and it's a bit like that you know the start of the start of the week you can try get some of your best work done when you're fresh and people are fresh from the weekend customers are fresh they're maybe you know coming off the back of a good weekend and they're more likely to chat you can get a bit you can get a bit of work done then you're kind of over the hump, as they say, on Wednesday, and you're you're skiing down that slope, right? So then you're like Friday does does be a bit of a dead day in, in a lot of organisations. I mean, the morning might be a bit a, a bit hectic, but that afternoon, I mean, you're you're a lot of people use that for planning. I use that for planning my next week. You know what I mean? Getting ahead of myself. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the yeah. weekend. All I'm doing is just organizing my thoughts, saying, "Well, I need to get this done next week," or "I'm going to book this time to, to put away that task next week." Uh, and i try try to tackle it like that so that, yeah, you're you're ramping up into the week and then you've got a, a more easier time down the week, you know?
1: Interesting. Yeah, that's massive focal point. But then what happens if you're on a <clears throat> Tuesday, Wednesday, and you haven't managed to have a successful Monday, Tuesday, and you're sitting on Wednesday and you're like, well, my plan is to front load the week and I'm on Wednesday afternoon and I haven't really... Like yeah. that's where I get to, you know, <laughs> like yeah. this is what I've done. That, um, regardless of the day, regardless of the situation, how do I remove that little thing on my shoulder? Cause when I'm operating in fifth gear, it's, it's great. It's like everything you touch turns to gold, but then whenever things go wrong or I'm in a slump or just the negativity doesn't get me all the time, but like there is, there's a couple of days a month where it just catches me. Um, and it's getting out of that the, the tools and resources. And I've been working on it. Um, <clears throat> there's a really good book, really good book that I started reading. And it's called The To uh, You Heard of the, the Um The Art of War? This is the war of art. So it's the it's it's based around like artists and people that write books and that blocker before they get become productive but it's actually
0: creative
1: thing yeah the creative thing but they actually talk about going and maybe when you go to the gym that beforehand you're like really bogged down about the thought of it you're in the middle of your gym session and you feel like 100 $100 million dollars so it's that psychology i've only read like the first 20 pages but so far (laughs) like it's like really really relevant (laughs) so far joe rogan gave it a good review um we're doing book reviews here now based on the first
0: 20 pages (laughs) (laughs)
1: i am just saying, it's like little things like that do help clear up the mind and that's where where 50 of this job is based inside your head um
0: complete i completely agree with you i mean look to your to your to your challenge or, you know where you've gone started a week okay you haven't started strong i mean look, like we said before on this pod you've you've played you've played rugby like i have and you know you come out pumped for the game you kind of start the game and all of a sudden you're you're a try down, you know. You're seven points down, and you're chasing the game automatically. It's very easy to kind of start seeing, looking around, he- lads or heads are down. You know, you're you're looking around. All of a sudden, you've kicked the ball back at them. They're coming towards you. So, like, you know, you're defending automatically, and you're down. You don't have the ball. And you can't play, and you feel you start getting a bit overwhelmed, right? Especially if they're a pretty decent team, and mm. the week can get like that on you, can't it? I mean, you know, Monday hasn't gone yeah. well. You've kind of said, okay, choose. I'm going to do a bit more. I'm going to get in and just whatever happened, curveball, something's gone wrong. Uh, and you're not really where you'd like to be or where you thought you'd be. So you're coming into Wednesday now. And that's why in a lot of sports and uh, not just rugby, in a lot of sports, you come to that second half and they say, well, look, second half, let's take this half as a new game. It's nil, nil again, or it's zero, zero. Let's, let's take this second half, see what we can do. And you kind of have to reset like that because like we've I've often said sales is not hard but but I'm not saying sales is easy sales is challenging and that's why not a lot of people do it or not a lot of people do it for long because it does beat you down it is hard because you got to be resilient you got to you get a lot more no's than you do yeses right uh, at least if you're making making enough calls or you're having enough meetings you get more no's than you'll ever get yeses and that's that's probably the truth nobody tells you right um yeah. you know it's not all like the uh the Wolf of Wall Street scene where he's on the phone to the guy and he's selling them all those penny shares. It's not quite like that, <laughs> you know, uh, as, as Luke and I make some obscene gestures towards each other right now. Um, I, like, um, I
1: like that that takeaway of, I'm going to action on that actually, the splitting the week into two halves. Um, so your initial point was front load the week, but, some like sometimes it just doesn't happen the Monday morning depending on the <laughs> industry it just you get to if you're planning to front load the week and you get to Wednesday half day you're like oh well <laughs> shit, I've, I've like front loaded the week and <laughs> it's zero um whereas if I get to Wednesday half day and it's like maybe I'm nowhere near where I need to be it's like forget about that first half of the week and like this is now the second half so that's some like a a little step that I'm going to take and have a little check in. maybe set a calendar invite for myself half day, Wednesday of like second half of the week starts now and see how that maybe releases some of that weekly tension.
0: It's exactly like you said a minute ago, though, it it is a mental thing, right? It's, it's a mental block. It's not, there's nothing, no day is that different. I mean, you still got the same amount of hours. You still have the same amount of stuff to do, but it's getting over that mental hurdle and maybe just saying, look, it's a bit of a cliche, but tomorrow's a new day, right? <laughs> just kind of yeah. getting up and kind of, okay, saying, look, yesterday, it wasn't what it was, but today's going to be better. And, and just having that plan, you know, and kind of keeping yourself accountable. And um, that's actually a good thing. I mean, like, you know, like you, you use the gym a bit as well. It's always easier to go to the gym with someone. Cause you, you've got that guilt or that competition to say, if I don't do this, he's getting the better of me or, you know I, you know you ever run with someone yeah. on a treadmill, nobody's stopping <laughs> until we're both <laughs> dead, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> but you know, when you haven't been to the gym in a while, sometimes it's nicer to go by yourself till you get that breakthrough that first like couple of months, and that's safe as well. Isn't it? You <laughs> want to get yourself the first like six months, you want to just like I need to do that, I need to get to the I need to get to an acceptable level here, and that's why the first six months I've done past my six-month mark. First six months was so difficult of putting so much pressure on myself because I just want to get to an an average level that's similar to the rest of the team Um, and the gym analogy works because when you first go into the gym after a while you want to go and you do some extras you want to make sure that you're getting kind of a little bit of of shape into you and then you feel more confident and then you're like in the flow same first six months get into the flow you're you're in the team you're up to match fitness and now it's time to decide which position you're going to play so yeah, like, I like the sports analogies. They work quite well. Yeah,
0: there's, there's too many of them, I think, on our side. But, <laughs> but, uh, but no, that gym, that competition thing is good. But that's interesting as well, what you just said, like that first six months and you're trying to build your own fitness. What's the What's the situation in your place now in terms of people making calls on the floor? Like I, I know probably you could be dis- distributed and virtual and stuff, but I remember, you know, even myself, when I was young and I didn't have that same confidence, I was kind of nervous being overheard by my colleagues. I used to kind of lock myself away in the room and do a few calls and kind of get the juices flowing before I'd come out on the floor in the afternoon.
1: I, I, I don't know. COVID's very hard to judge. You know what I mean? COVID has made everyone work remote. So there's still a massive remote aspect. I I can only speak about myself Um and like I like to be in the office, and I like to be overheard because people are going to tell me if I'm right or wrong. And like I like people to listen to my calls. I like to be, I like to feel the pain of being told I was wrong. It's weird because if I like feel that pain <laughs> of being wrong, I can sit there, sit on it, absorb that pain of oh I failed here or I've done something wrong, and like give it tw- twenty four to forty eight hours, and then work out how I'm going to action on it. So every time I find out that I'm doing something completely incorrect, not the gentle ones, I like absorb it. And if it's like a major part of my call that's going wrong at the moment, I'm not going to change that in my next phone call. I'm going to be very aware of it and it might mess mess up my flow for like four or five days. But after that, Like I'm going to improve. So you have to get worse to get better. And it's like, you have to be in that space, I think, where you're going to feel that awkwardness or anxiety. Now, I don't think anyone should feel crippling anxiety and that's a different situation. But the the mild level of anxiety you feel from making a call, everyone is feeling that. It's just, you get used to it after you do it more and more. So I can't talk about anyone else's kind of personal feelings, but that's my feeling towards it. I still feel, I feel the anxiety. I just kind of push it to the side and go, you know what? it's better for me to call. It's like when you're hungover, it's better for me to be cold call and hungover than to not turn up to work because I can tell <laughs> the guy over the other end of the phone, oh, I'm hungover and they'll appreciate that a little bit more than if I don't show up to work that day. So
0: yeah, no, you're right. And, and that, that piece about sitting on it for a few days and, and, and working through the process, you're, you're learning, you're developing a skill, aren't you? You know what I mean? Trying to change a habit you have already to improve. So I mean, that's part of the process. I mean, you don't just go from being bad to being good. There's a, there's a process yeah. of improving.
1: And just when you mention that, I just want to be very clear. When I'm talking about working through it, it's not all behind a screen. I'm not always sitting there studying something, I'm going for a walk. I'm like thinking in my own space. We're watching a movie with my girlfriend and I'm just daydreaming about stuff. I'm like maybe going for a cycle around the park and in my back of my mind, I'm like unpacking different ways and ways to do things. I have notes on my phone. I'm like scribbling down random stuff. I try to avoid screen time as much as I can. So if it doesn't have to be in front of a laptop screen, I'm not going to be doing it. So when I'm unpacking and working on that stuff, some of the time, yeah, I'm writing it down, but a hell of a lot of the time I'm just walking around thinking playing it over in my head, figuring out what's the best course of action, understanding is the coaching correct for me, um, and then clarifying a few things over time. And you give yourself a couple of days, come back with yeah. some questions.
0: Yeah, definitely sitting and stewing on things is, is, is a skill again, I guess I've developed on, oh, instead of kind of you know rushing in and making action or taking action on stuff, I kind of just, just sit on it for a minute and just think, say, right, that's the recommended approach. Does that work for me? I mean, we keep going back to this coaching thing. We talked about Paddy before. I think one thing the guys might appreciate understanding is, because it, it can be hard. What's your thoughts on how you got these people in your life? Like obviously you and I are mates, right? We were mates before we ever started yeah. chatting about sales and stuff. But I mean, how do you go about, finding your your coach and your your mentor these people how how does that work for you so number one
1: is i always ask i ask everyone for help right and (laughs) then (laughs) i do i ask everyone for help and then whenever i start to understand i that the help is actually relevant to me and it's helping me and it's genuinely somebody that is able to assist me in what i'm doing I lean in on that person for that thing. So I have two managers. I lean on the two of them for completely different parts of the job. One of them is an ex kind of AE manager from a large company. And one of them is an ex SDR that worked in the enterprise space. Right. Then we got Patty, who's an ex SDR. And as an AE, we've got you, who's like worked your way through different roles and different organizations in the sales space. It's like, none of you have crossover, Yeah. It's like, it's madness, but you may have some people that cross over. I would try, it's such a massive, massive, like muscle to work on. It's like, if you're doing one one thing with one coach or mentor, and you're doing the same thing with a different coach or mentor, you're actually doing yourself a disservice. Obviously get, maybe I get your opinion, maybe on some stuff I've been working on, but you should be helping me with different stuff to Paddy, to my manager, to even somebody I meet, at a conference, just a random salesperson. I'll ask them specific stuff. So I find out somebody works in sales, I'll speak to them. If I find out somebody works in management or directorship or vice president of a company, I'll start asking them like questions about how their day is, what they get involved in. Because who knows like what information they may give you. And then if that person is receptive and you can tell that you have a relationship with them, like why not create that conversation? You can move away from it if it ever becomes sour or you don't feel like it's right for you. You don't have to keep that person just like have a manager or a mentor for now and see if they're going to help you or not.
0: That uh, would be it, my opinion. It's definitely an opt in. Of course you you can choose, or maybe that person will choose how long they'll work with you or you'll work with them. Mm. Um, I think look, naturally, it sounds like you've got like the people have happened upon you and naturally you're quite outgoing and you're, you will you're, you're very inquisitive anyway, Luke, right? You'll ask <laughs> questions, but maybe I'll share something here that might be useful for people because I was struggling to find mentors specifically uh, before, probably a couple of years ago, like two years ago or so. And it was dark COVID and, you know, we weren't in the office and stuff like that. So all working remote. And a tip somebody said to me was make out a little matrix, so like a four four boxes, right? And name them, you know, coach, uh, manager, mentor, and sponsor. And then just start mapping some of the people that you kind of frequently come into contact with or people you might ask advice from or you might think has some experience that you could, could benefit where you want to go, like that 12-month plan. So for you, it might be looking at other AEs or, or other people in the sales force who are in that AE role, right? Yeah. And just map out a few of them um, on this kind of matrix, right? And you've got these four boxes and you start putting names into it then. And once you've got these, all these names, you might end up with 10 or 12 potentials. Start kind of then circling the ones you think, okay, could I reach out to this person? Like you're saying, and just ask, could I reach out to this person? Do I think they'd be receptive to it? And what I found was actually, I identified probably five people who could offer something to me in a kind of what I thought they could offer from a mentorship perspective. And I said, okay, look, I'm going to reach out to three of them. I did. Now, all three were pretty receptive to the idea because generally people are people will say yes if you ask for help because people like to help. That's one of the things that separates us from the rest of the beasts, right? Um, <laughs> for sure. Um, but what I found was, and the person I eventually worked with of the three was the one who said, look, I can help you with some of these topics you're talking about, but... If I work with you, you're going to come prepared with a topic. You're going to come, uh, you know, with some talking points. And I'm going to, you know, query you or question you on that. And that's going to be my role as your mentor if we're going to do this. And for me, I was like, okay, this guy understands the process. And just that was a way of me finding somebody. And then helping choose who should I work with? Because you'll you'll probably identify a couple of characters. Um, But at first I was stuck. I was like, I don't know who I could ask. Thank
1: God you didn't say that to me because I don't come prepared. (laughs) You're (laughs) teaching me how to, you couldn't mentor me and make me more prepared. by um, Telling me to come prepared. No, I I am getting there. But that's, yeah, that's interesting because you're like, you didn't by chance, Have a friend in that that is a little bit more senior to you in a place where they can advise you on your career. Whereas I'm very lucky, like I don't believe in luck in a lot of senses, but I'm very lucky with the team I have around me, and I'm very aware of that. Like some people don't even have a manager they can talk to, so that is a difficult thing. So maybe your plan of doing in the square grid, writing down, and if you don't have a mentor, like maybe this is a good time to mention that you can, you can email us in some questions. Like I won't have, well, obviously I have a huge amount of things to say, <laughs> like I'll never stop. <laughs> and if I need to, I can keep questioning Felix on things he can help me with, but like, we can obviously ask Felix things that you're struggling with. We can ask Felix through me. I'll pretend to be you. I'll like figure out what you can give us a bit of context in your situation. And he can mentor you through different situations. Um, so also I am like very badly prepared as I just mentioned. So I don't remember what was the name of our email address? Oh, I've it, got it.
0: I've got it. Oh, G- here we go. gives me a giggle. It's two guys, one USP at gmail.com. So that's the number two guys, number one USP at gmail.com. So that, that's, a, that's the way to get in touch, guys. Uh, happy to, to look at any questions or even comments, guys. Send in some feedback as well.
1: Oh, I understand. Let's overwork Felix and make a mentor half of the world because we'll be in three continents i'd say <laughs> See,
0: this ego growing right now great for my self-worth um no but I, you do i need this and these personality tests actually this is something we should talk about luke and um, you talk about ego you do any of these personality tests i always identify as a, an introvert which kind of surprises a lot of people when i do these exams now maybe i am the the outlier that breaks the test or whatever But I I do a lot of these, these kind of kind of Meyer Briggs, colorful insights, Enneagram style tests, because I'm I'm of the belief that you have to know yourself and to really kind of get good performance out of yourself. If you know what I mean, you have to really understand what makes you tick. Uh, Where do you, where do you land on that?
1: Tumbleweed moment. I have (laughs) no idea. Like, Oh, this is great. We yeah, should, we, I, should, we never, should get you
0: to take some of these tests and we should go and uh, discuss it.
1: I think Laura, Laura sent me questions sometimes or maybe like years ago, a few years back. She might have. Nah, I'd like, I'm very unself-aware, um, <laughs> And a mirror has to be put up on the wall for me to see what I look like. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it before the next episode. Yeah, um, I think that'd be a really good idea. Let's- Which one will we do? just so in case anyone else wants to do it, like what's, which one will you pick out for me to do?
0: I think like I we should all results? do, we should do the Myers-Briggs one. So that's what's called like the 16 personalities test. So you probably right. hear the letters ENFJ or ETBI or all these different letters that stand for things. So basically this test will ask you a couple of multiple choice questions, probably something like 40 of them. And based on your responses, it will kind of map your personality and, um, and it will, it'll tell you the kinds of situations you will, you will thrive in the kind of situations that you may struggle in struggle from a, from an energy perspective, you know, for example, I'm introverted um, and maybe that is telling me that in situations where I have to speak to a large crowd and, um, it's not that I can't do it. It's more that it might take more energy for me to do a situation like that. And therefore that will drain some of my kind of energy levels down a bit. So after that, I need to go and maybe recharge those energy levels by doing something that really energizes me and gives me, gives me, you know, fuel. So that's a good way of of kind of checking, you know, uh, well, not checking, but it's a good way of understanding yourself first of all, and then see, does that marry up with your own belief of yourself? before taking the test so we should do that so i think there's mm-hmm. a there's a website i think it's just called 16 personalities if you google it it'll pop up it's got little, little characters on it oh
1: yeah um, so i've googled myers briggs test and it's the first one says free personality test six www.16personalities.com so that's one yeah, we're going to do is it
0: that's the one we're going to do it's a free it's a free one to do i think you need to put in your email address but they'll, they basically ping you a report um, which is great because the report breaks down each of the characteristics, and I think they name them all as well. Um, I think they mm. have like funky names, like the the like uh, the protagonist or the thinker and things like this. I think they name all each of them. Interesting,
1: yeah. I have a vague memory, but I don't know. So yeah, let's do that and um, let's go through the results and see what that means in respect of sales. Yeah. So I think, okay. in the respect of like the sales, I'll do it. We'll like go over the results and we'll look at how that marries up and maybe how some of the different, um, different characteristics you could have got as a result, how they would actually, what type of sales career you may be better at or what skills you should maybe lean in and focus on. I think that's a, that's a good one. It's, Shapers. yeah you think we prepared that. Oh, my goodness. I know, we didn't. I <laughs>
0: just threw that <at> out. <laughs> but the ego thing, the ego <clears> thing spun <throat> me, right? Um, but look, nice. let's uh, let's park that for this week. We'll come back next week and talk about the, the personalities once you've done the test. And look, that'll be, yeah. a, that'll be a good chat for us because it's always interesting to know someone else's personality because you might see I'll start treating Luke differently knowing how he's going to react to things. Um, yeah. And maybe... Maybe he'll he'll double bluff me and pretend to be a certain way and just just mess with my head completely. Uh, no, I'll
1: answer I'll answer all of them uh, legitimately. And um, the just to tie back to our kind of weekly thing, my USB for this week is actually not a not a crazy one, not very complicated. But the thing I'm taking away from this episode is 100 percent to split up my week week into two halves. So. Halfway on Wednesday, I'm going to set myself a calendar invite. I'm going to remind myself that that was the first half of the week done. And let's get into the second half of the week. Um, and I'm going to let you know kind of how that made me feel or maybe how each half of the week differed from the other. And we can maybe have a little bit of a chat about that too.
0: Love it. I mean, that there's a USP. I mean, look, I, look that's uh, let's leave it at that. I mean, I think that's a USP for the week for everyone. You know, the game's not over. It's only Tuesday you know, Wednesday comes tomorrow, you've got the end in sight. Start again, three days. You've more You've more than half the week to go. So go get it done. Um, yeah, so with that, guys, look, let's wrap it up here. We're going to come back next week. Luke's going to take his personality test. I might redo mine and see where I am now. It's probably been a couple of years since I've done it. Uh, maybe I've changed. Maybe I'm an extrovert <laughs> now. Who knows? <laughs> it's easy to say that hiding behind a mic.
1: Yeah, possible. <laughs>
0: yeah but but let's wrap there i mean uh luke what's that email address there again if they want to get oh, in touch
1: two guys one usp at gmail.com
0: love it you got it brilliant got it that's it
1: 100 chat next week guys and See you ladies then. sorry guys means ladies and gents by the way we're just from ireland so just <laughs> to clear that up we're not just talking to guys bye Out.